When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to A Pot of Their Own. This is episode 121, and my name is Kellyanne Healy. I am subbing in for Allison McCaig tonight, and I am joined by my lovely co-host, Maggie Wigan. Hello, Maggie. Hi, not Allison, Kellyanne. I almost (laughs) said it. Hi, Kellyanne. (laughs) Nailed it. Hashtag. (laughs) I'm sorry. Oh, my gosh. This is why I shouldn't have chosen to do this. Just kidding. Um, and Linda Surovich. Hello, Linda. Hello, Kellyanne. If, you, if we can go rogue now, like Allison's not here to keep us focused. Like, I know. This, this is terrifying. And I feel like I can do my my sultry voice this entire podcast. So can, there are no rules here. Allison's got a pot of their own after dark. Oh. Buckle up, listeners. Okay. So we're going to start with obviously some Mets stuff and the Mets right now are eight and three, not seven Yay. and three Yay! and currently winning game two, three to nothing right three now. Three and three after today's game. I'm sorry. I thought they were eight and three after this. No, they are eight and three. They are yeah. currently winning uh, game the current two game on the current game. They are also winning three to nothing. <laughs> so they, so, they will potentially be nine and three by the end of the day. Yes. Oh my gosh, this is this is going to be a crazy episode, listeners. Um, so right now they are rocketing up MLB's power rankings. They are currently at number five, up from number 12, which I think is great. And it really, to me, shows um, how good A, starting pitching has been, and B, the biggest thing I have noticed is the small ball game. What do you guys think? Yeah, well, I mean, also- they're, they're stringing it all together when they need to. Um, and I feel like they're just getting decent production from every every spot in the field like there's no there's no one or like ah black hole of production this is a huge problem and that's that's what I like to see it if one guy slows down there's eight others to pick him up yes and and we definitely saw that today in the earlier game um the first game of our Giants double header uh with Tyler McGill who went six innings, had a rough second and third inning where he gave up four earned runs, but the offense picked him right back up. It was, it was the opposite of a DeGrom game. <laughs> the well, offense actually totally supported him. For DeGrom, DeGrom. <laughs> I know. And he's, he's been asked a lot and I think he has performed thus far very admirably. Well, um, also, I'm kind of sad because we would have been robbed. We were robbed of a DeGrom Scherzer doubleheader today. If I know. They've been healthy. There will but be many to come. I was going to say there are going to be many to come. Um, and we'll talk a little more about that later. But kind of going on the, the starting rotation thread, it continues to be a strength with David Peterson filling in admirably for Taiwan Walker uh, this past Sunday. 
I have and to apologize for all of the terrible things that I have said about David Peterson pretty much nonstop. <laughs> I know, no, Maggie, like the last not, two years. You are you not wrong. You are not the only one. Trust me. I don't think anybody expected his performance on Saturday. I know I didn't. Um, he part of, again, and this is just a, per, um, my perspective is that all of the starting pitchers are feeding off of each other and kind of feeding off of max and getting a lot of good, um, uh, examples from him. And I think DeGrom is still in the clubhouse or he was at least. So they're, they're still kind of, um, picking up a lot of things from both DeGrom and Scherzer at this point. And I like how they're, they seem to be challenging each other, um, every day. Well, I also think that I know this can... of them like looking at the iPad in the dugout together. Yeah. So they were yeah. kind of they're bonded. Yeah. So they were bonding and they're kind of like feeding off each other too. I also think, and I realize this is kind of an unpopular opinion in some circles, but I actually think James McCann, we're seeing some of why he was appealing to the Mets in the first place. Um, and that is his defense and that he receives the ball well, and he calls a good game. And I think he has had time to kind of get to know a lot of these pitchers, especially the ones who didn't necessarily, who are not coming in like Max Scherzer, um, (laughs) like David Peterson, like Tyler McGill. Um, and that that relationship and that comfort level is paying off for them. I agree. Um, and if you listen to him speak, he is, he does have an incredible mind for the game too. Mm. Yeah. He's really smart. Yeah. So, I mean, he does bring a lot to the table, even if he doesn't hit much. (laughs) (laughs) I know that's, that's the one uh, frustrating thing right now. Maggie, you were saying about no real black hole, um, in the lineup. I think he is a little bit. But and I I have issues a little bit with his framing at this point. But other than that, he's defensively he's been great. So, but again, I wish he would do a little more on the offense side. Yeah. Um, but yeah. other than Saturday's game where the offense seemed to go to sleep, the lineup has looked strong. Um, as you mentioned, Maggie, they're getting production everywhere aside from the DH position. Cano, Smith, and to a certain extent, J.D. Davis, I'm sorry, Linda, have been collectively underwhelming. He got a couple hits. I know, he got it, and he was good. And I was going to say, he was good in the last game, so our our notes are not entirely up to date. He just needs to play more. (laughs) I don't think, I actually think that's a big part of the problem for all Mm. of these guys, except Cano, who I just think is pretty much done but i know he needs to but like for the rest of them i mean there's just a lot of inconsistency um and yeah it's hard to kind of get in a rhythm i feel i feel for all of them i mean especially especially smith who is i guess on record about that right now um and as you said cano to me is jamming a lot of things up right now especially in terms of the dh um again if he was not on the team we would be seeing more from Smith and more from Davis and maybe it would be more of a platoon at first base with Smith and Alonzo. And Who also, knows? isn't it weird? Like didn't all of Pete's home runs come as a DH? Too? Yes. Yeah. As far, as far as I recall. Yes. The sooner that Pete becomes like a four to five week 
DH guy, four to five times a week DH guy, the better for everyone. And yes. I say this with nothing but love in my heart for Pete and much admiration for the work he does at first. Um, especially for the place today. In yeah, it was really, <laughs> he was like, take your DH and shove it. I know that was just, he was so excited after that too. He's I like, know. I got it. It was literally his toe. And the, I don't, the SMY broadcast zoomed right in. They had really high quality zooming zoom magnification on that, which is, which I thought was great. And you see his toe is on the bag from two different angles. It was great. Um, I mean, he just gets so exuberant and happy. Yes. And think of how exuberant and happy he'll be when he's hitting all those dingers as a DH. Four to five times a week. (laughs) That's true. And ripping shirts off from the dugout. As he, as he tried to do to Lindor at the end of today's game. Oh my God, he failed. <laughs> I'm kind of glad he failed because it was so cold. It was cold. <laughs> it was cold. Um, the other kind of, and we, we had just mentioned this, the other um, lack of production is coming from the catching position, not just McCann, but Tomas Nito as well. So hopefully that will change in the coming weeks. I know it's still in a sort of extended spring training. We're kind of getting out of that now um this third time around in the rotation um so hopefully that will improve but one big... hopefully they can go longer into ball games yes i mean i think we saw that with mcgill today he went six innings six stressful innings um and i think what he got up to 90 pitches i think i can't remember exactly um but the glaring issue is as it has been in the past the bullpen mostly lugo and Rodriguez, Joely Rodriguez. Um, but overall, the bullpen's kind of been been the Achilles heel of this baseball team so far. Well, their losses are basically on the bullpen. Yes. Oof. Other than, yeah. I mean, Edwin Edwin Diaz has been great. He's been, yeah, he's been And Ottavino has been very good, too. Yes. Stressful as he was in the last game. Yes, true. And Smith. <laughs> Drew Smith has been and really Drew good. Drew Smith has yeah. been a big surprise. A nice surprise. He's been a nice surprise, but also a lot of the guys that I know who follow the prospects more closely were were high on Drew Smith from the get-go, and it was always just a matter of him getting healthy. So I think the folks who've been really paying attention are not as surprised as the rest of us who are like, this Drew Smith guy, what about him? Yeah, Um, I've said it before, but he immediately endeared me uh, to him when he said he wanted to be worthy of Lucas Duda after he got traded. He is the last man standing from that season's fire sale. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So he just seems sweet. (laughs) And it's it's nice to see that those many bullpen trades, someone did pan out from it. Um, Um, one. Yeah. One. Yeah. (laughs) Literal. Just just a literal one of the several. I think it was like at least four or five, if not more. Um, so I mean, I will say when it comes to the bullpen, I am actually really worried about Seth Lugo. Yeah, I think we all are. And I, cause I like with the, you know, the known issue of basically a UCL hanging by a thread. Mm. Um, and also just like relievers don't have great sell by dates. Like no. he's pitched a lot for a while. And he, and he was a starter when yeah, he first I just came up. 
don't necessarily think that you can look at this game and this team and conclude that Lugo is going to be anything resembling a reliable piece at any point this season. And maybe I'm being like a little overly aggressive with my concern, but like, I just don't think he looks good. I think there are a lot of reasons to think that this might be a lasting issue. Um, And it was something that they had every opportunity to shore up in the off season Mm -hmm. and didn't really choose to do that. And it's frustrating to see that they made a lot of great improvements in the off season and the bullpen was pushed to the wayside. That was yeah. a little that for me, that was frustrating. I like, think for you everybody think that's frustrating. was enough. I don't know if you can make that argument though. No, I mean, I have some arguments back for anybody that does make that argument. Um, but I mean, you, you had to assume that losing Aaron loop, right off of that was going to be a big problem. I'm still mad about that. I I am too. I want my bush lights back. (laughs) He was just so much fun. He was. In addition to being great. Yeah. (laughs) And that's not to say that like the answer to this problem was re-signing him because Aaron Loop may also not be Aaron Loop. That that was kind of a A weird occurrence. A lot lot of bullpens are a crapshoot. Yeah. But like I just feel like the the construction of the bullpen, if you look at it on paper, it makes more sense if Lugo is a guy. Aaron mm. Loop currently has a 0.00 ERA. Oh, he does. He last pitched two Wait, innings was, against Stop Texas. talking, Maggie. I, <laughs> that was Maggie that just said that for anybody. <laughs> <laughs> say, Wait, didn't you mean to say Linda? Nobody's <laughs> scolding each other on Pato just yet. <laughs> Well, he's only pitched a total of five innings this year. I was going to say small sample size. Lilo. It is. It's a small sample size. Oh my goodness. Um, <laughs> but move, moving on from the actual on-field production, we have two Mets. Well, two Mets. One is back now um, on the COVID list. Um, Brandon Nimmo and. Oh my God. I can't remember Candace's first name right now. Mark. Mark. I thought I was going to say, wait, it's either Mark or James. I can't remember. Why is this? Because we were um, talking about James McCann. McCann. Yeah. I know. Thank That's you. That's the thing. It was the word association there. Um, Brandon Nimmo and Mark Hanna were out on the COVID IL. Um, Nimmo was cleared to play earlier today and he has been activated. Um, Nick Plummer was sent down him and his super Mario walk up. Oh, music. I love that so much. I can't wait till he's back up so he can play it again. Um, But Mark Hanna is still unfortunately out and Glenn Sherlock, their bench coach is also out. And I am, I think I read this very quickly on Twitter that he's not even close to coming back. Oof. Oh, I don't like that that at all. Wait a second. I thought you weren't on Twitter. I'm no, I forget where I read this. I am putting my glasses down and side eyeing. (laughs) (laughs) I don't. I know you can't see that, but I'm doing it. No, I totally can envision it in my mind. Trust me. Um, I love the idea that Kellyanne would have a burner account and somehow be able to resist (laughs) the temptation to tweet at all of us constantly. (laughs) I would just troll you guys. She would last like a week. Maybe. (laughs) Maybe that's, that's being generous. Please. I'm horrible at disguising who I am. (laughs) 
<laughs> just you saying. would tweet something about books and I'd be like, Kellyanne. I'd be like books or I would tweet. No, I would tweet something about Wilmer Flores. Yes. But like that would be the dead giveaway right there. Absolutely. Um, but anyway, Brandon Nimmo and Mark Hanna on the COVID IL hurt them in terms of out, out, outfield depth. And I think we saw that at least in Saturday's game um, as well when they were both missing. Jeff McNeil, who was doing exceedingly well. I'm so glad his 2021 seems to be an anomaly. Oh, I'm so happy about that thus far. Um, he has shifted to left field and Cano is playing second base. Travis Jankowski is playing center field. And we're still seeing a little bit um, of that. We saw that today. Um, hopefully that will change beginning tomorrow. Um, Kana is confirmed vaccinated, um, per tweet by his wife, where she said the family was beyond sad to miss the home opener, despite taking every precaution possible. Nimmo's vaccination status is not public. He's declined to comment when asked. (laughs) Um, the, I'm going to add that the general assumption is that he is not vaccinated. Um, there was the report that both players would be able to return today. Um, as we know now, uh, Nimmo's back. So there have been somewhat conflicting reports about the differences in protocols between vaccinated and unvaccinated players. But Disha Tosar reports that regardless of status, if they both test negative, they can return. Um, and I think, and I also could be wrong on this, that is two negative um, rapid tests in a row. So yes, it would make, like you Nimmo wouldn't pass. be able to use a, um, a PCR for a return because you can test positive on a PCR for up to 90 days after. Oh, geez. So it would have to be a, the regular. Yeah. The rapid is, is what's usually used for this kind of thing. Okay. Um, so I'm glad Mark Canna, we miss you. Seriously. My guy. I can't believe my guy has COVID before. Like I'm so, I'm like, honestly sad. I was brokenhearted when I was reading the tweet from his wife that the tweets, I'm going to tell you, no, I just remembered where I saw it in the amazing Avenue comments. (laughs) Tweets are posted there (laughs) quite often. I'm not on Twitter. I promise. <laughs> but then Nick, okay, he's sweet. Like he's been live tweeting the games. I'm like, oh, he's just like a one of us. One of no, us. Seriously, I'm I'm glad he's here for more than just this year. Yeah. And hopefully he will be celebrating with us next year. Um, the other news is that DeGrom is getting an MRI on his shoulder this coming Monday. And if that goes well, he could resume throwing after that. Cross our fingers, please, dear Lord, dear Dickie in heaven. Um, we want him back. We want to see DeGrom and Scherzer back to back. We just want to see our ace happy, healthy, and throwing and making mincemeat of opposing batters. According to Buck, he's feeling good. He was, he was very, I mean, obviously this has nothing to do with his shoulder. He was looking very chipper at the Tom Seaver statue on. He was, yeah. So it was nice to, it was nice to see him smile. It was nice to see him period. He got the biggest cheer on opening day. It was just, it was good all around and we all miss him very much. Although I think of some, um, one of the Mets prospects like tweeted a picture with him in St. Lucie where he's rehabbing. So he was definitely at least rehabbing down there. I don't oh, know if that means he's throwing or anything, but I hope when he eventually begins his rehab, he rehabs against the Palm Beach Cardinals because I know, they, so do I. 
they always, and I'm going to mention Twitter a third time, but I will go view Twitter, not log on to it. Um, just for the Palm beach Cardinals, Twitter account. Somebody <laughs> found out that there is a chance because the Mets do play them <gasps> in June. The St. Lucie Mets play yes. them in June. So there is a chance. There's it's a big. chance. Yes. And it's like a four game set too. So oh, there's a small window of opportunity. I love it. I hope so. <laughs> um, did you ladies have any thoughts on the first game of this double header before we move on to our baseball segment? Well, I got home right as Lindor hit the wall. <laughs> like I was driving in the car and I've learned from past mistakes and listening to the Ranger games in cars. And oh gosh. I shouldn't, I shouldn't do this because um, one day I'm going to drive off the road. <laughs> yeah, no, we don't want well, like, that to happen. Was, don't do that. I was legit nervous. I was like sweating it out. I'm like, it's April. Why am I this getting this upset at an April game? Well, I think that is in part because the giants and the Mets always have good baseball games. That's just my opinion. That's my experience. It's not like a slog. It's not like lopsided. It's these two good teams playing each other and playing good baseball. And we saw that today. Um, I think we're seeing that again right now. Oh my God. Okay. I'm just looking at the box score and I'm not going to say anything. Um, but again, it was a nerve. Like it obviously was a nerve wracking game. Um, it was frustrating with McGill, um, early on just cause he, he had his first real stumble of the season. And for me, I thought he was going to get exposed early on and I was happy to see him recover personally against a, it's a, the giants team is good. They're a very potent offense. Um, and he just had a very gutsy performance with solid support by the offense that picked him right back up and a little help from replay review (laughs) (laughs) that I won't lie. That helped today too. Yeah. Like, although I found it, it it was a fun game. It was just a stressful game. I mean, all Mets games are stressful. Let's be honest. (laughs) Um, I got out of my car, having dropped it off at the shop and I picked up my phone and I saw two notifications One that the Giants had scored and it was now five to four. And then the next that the Mets had scored and it was now five to four. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I was able to back into it eventually. (laughs) But like, oh, man. Did you screenshot did that you, in my life? Did you screenshot it perchance? I did. And I tweeted <gasps> it. Yes. <laughs> oh, now you have to make me go on Twitter to look at it again. I do. No, I'll yeah. put it in Slack for you. <laughs> I, I say, wouldn't want you, you to be tempted over there. Can you like put it in Slack or something for I'm me, please? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I was just like, I, I can't handle this right now. Like, that's oh a wild God. ride right like, there. Nope, that's a nope. It really um, is. I will say, I'm glad it all worked out. Big side eye to Buck for not um, batting Nimmo in the ninth. I mean, it all worked out. So I don't, like, don't want to be like the person who is like getting on the manager constantly, especially because I really like Buck Showalter. I want this to work out. But like, it seems odd. It, but it also seems odd enough that it could be one of those things that it's really like the manager knows something or has like some specific reason and it just looks like craziness to the outside because otherwise, like, it seems pretty um, indefensible. But well, there was there was some confusion over um, 
the lineup switching um, from the ninth into the tenth because originally on the scoreboard it was that Nimmo um, was replacing the eight hitter and Nito was replacing Dom Smith who had just batted in in the nine spot. Um, so everybody was thinking, oh, Nito's going to be the the ghost runner to start with. That makes no sense. But however, it worked out and. Buck Showalter and Gabe Kapler were talking at some point and Gabe Kapler went back into the dugout looking pretty pissed about it. So however that happened, Nemo ended up being the ghost runner. So that worked out, thankfully, but there was some confusion over that in the ninth inning going into the 10th. So I just know that I got home and they were rallying and Lindor got the <laughs> got the hit, and I screamed at you because I I have a TV in my living room in my bedroom, so I put the game on and like what was it the top the top of the tenth, and I saw that they had gotten out of it, and then I I like had to feed Maddie, so I fed Maddie, and then I walked into my bedroom for the bottom of the tenth, and I put the TV on, and um yeah they were already rallying at that point. And I screamed and jumped in my bedroom and I scared Patty. Oh, <laughs> my poor God, cat. I know. But she, she, she was fine though. She needs uh, to get I, into the excitement of this. Oh no. She, she knows not to watch Rangers games with me. So now it's going to be a very long summer. For her. Oh goodness. <laughs> so I'm like, well, I got my first scream of the season. So that was fun. And it's a good scream. Although we did, I screamed after we stopped recording that one time when Diaz was facing Hoskins. Yes. Yeah. Oh, all right. And now on to our ML, around MLB segment. Um, funny enough, we're starting at City Field talking about stadium policies. So big kudos, big, big, big kudos. Like, I'm excited that I get to talk about this a little bit. Big kudos to the Mets for adding a sensory nook to city field. That's fantastic. And showing, um, that they want to be accessible to all of their fans, a little more accessible. They still have a little ways to go, but I'm really excited about that. Maggie, I know you're really excited about it. I am really excited about it. And I mean, any, anyone from the neurodiversity community who loves baseball is probably also excited about it. Um, at the risk of sounding like a little bit of a downer, I just want to make sure because there's a lot of venues that have sensory rooms and folks might be a little, um, might find it a little underwhelming if that's what they're used to because it is really a nook. So it's an, it's an open space, a little kind of like carved out a little bit like a nook. Um, and it doesn't really have like sensory stuff in it. Um, you know, the, the lighting is just whatever the lighting is around, but it's still, it looks cozy. I think, you know, the people in my family who have a need for that will be able to use it and enjoy it. Um, so I think that's awesome. But just like as a thing, if you're used to going to places where they have like the full on room with the door that closes and gets very quiet, like that's just a different thing, but this still serves a really niche, important niche purpose that, um, any stadium should do it. I mean, that's the other thing is this nook. Mm -hmm. It looks like it probably cost about like 10 grand to put together. Maybe that, maybe not even that. So like nobody has excuses. I was going to say that's pocket change for, for baseball teams. Yeah. Um, are they the first baseball team to do it or do other teams have it? We know other teams. I know that other teams have sensory rooms. Okay. 
um, because they've partnered uh, in the past on sensory kits with um, an organization called Culture City with a K. And they have, I want to say it's the Orioles. I wish Allison was on here to confirm it. <laughs> uh, they worked with the Orioles to do a, um, a sensory room. And I think one other state, one other um, okay. game as well. But, but yeah, so, so the, they may be the first with the Nook. But uh, yeah, it looks like a really, again, probably because it's relatively small and inexpensive. I really hope it becomes a common thing because it's, it's a really easy uh, easy way to, to meet a need. Um, and just like, I guess, cause some of our listeners may not realize like, um, folks who have autism or ADHD or anxiety disorder, PTSD, all kinds of whatever alphabet soup you can come up with, um, can get really overwhelmed by sensory input. So like loud noises, lots of lights, general kind of disruption. Um, doesn't mean that they don't like baseball games, but it does mean that it can be really valuable to have a quiet, calm space to duck into when it all can be just a little overwhelming. So that's kind of the purpose that it serves. I think there are probably many, many more neurodiverse people than most realize. Um, yep. Bazillions. And so again, and it's, you know, you might say like, oh, well, if you don't like loud noises and why come to a baseball game? It's like, well, because there's other stuff in a baseball game and because in the right baseball games are fun. Yeah. And in the right mood, it might be just what you want. There's also different kinds of sensory issues. You can be sensory mm -hmm. seeking or sensory avoidant and you can switch between them. Like, so someone may be having an awesome time at the game, but they just start to get a little tired. And then all of a sudden their brains are struggling to filter out all this noise and you just start to spiral, you know what? You duck into the sensory nook. You give yourself your five minutes or your 10 minutes and then you can get back into it. And like, that's the whole point is being able to do things that otherwise might just be like, oh, but if I get overwhelmed, if I have a panic attack, then what am I going to do? You know, it's, it's to, to serve that portion of the population, which is worth serving. I promise. And it, it just, to me, it also shows that the Mets want to make things more accessible. It's a start. They, I think they could, they should still do more. Um, not, and not just for neurodivergent, um, people, but for, for everybody handicapped, what have you, everybody just making the game as accessible to everyone because everybody should enjoy baseball. Everybody, I think who likes baseball wants to enjoy it and maybe wants to go to the stadium and to have, um, needs met and to have that ability to kind of go take a step back if you need to, or, um, just be able to do what you want to enjoy the game, I think is, is a good sign from the Mets. Do we know where this nook is located? I have not been able. So it just says the concourse, which um, is quite large. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And I actually tweeted at the city field account asking this question earlier and have not gotten an answer, but Hmm. I will try to relay that once I find out because that is actually a rather important piece of all this. Yes. Yeah. I'm just I'm trying to like look really really quickly. Okay, it's not in this article. Which is a an No, it's, it's I haven't been able to find it anywhere. It's it's an odd it's an odd Yeah. 
Odd little thing. Yeah. Odd little thing that they didn't mention. <laughs> yeah, that minor detail. <laughs> minor detail. That's probably the most important one. <laughs> I'm glad it wasn't just me. Like I was. So at Mets, get back to us on this. Get back to everybody about this. Um, but moving on to other stadium policies, boo to the Nationals, Orioles, and other teams who continue to have very restrictive bag policies, uh. like nothing bigger than a wallet or a small clutch purse is allowed in certain stadiums. Yeah, because I carry COVID in my bag with me at all times. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah my no, always, carries COVID. Gosh. It's always just been a thinly veiled excuse to cut back on security staff. Yep. yep. And to get folks having to buy things yep. in the in stadium the instead yep. of bringing them from outside. <sighs> it sucks. It really does. It does. It's so frustrating. As a person with kids have to, like, and also as like a human being. Yeah. I mean, the teams claim this speeds up the process of getting into the stadium, which I mean, it does. Cause again, going back, security doesn't have to look through as much, but it amounts to a pink tax. Um, the nationals on one hand are doing some things to help, like allowing exempt exemptions for medical bags, diaper bags, and providing free feminine products in the bathrooms. So you don't have to carry around pads, tampons, cups, what have you, um, around in a clear bag for everybody to see. I mean, these things are good, but they aren't enough. Well, it also comes down to like, this is still security theater. And if your complaint Mm -hmm. is that your security theater is making it take too long for people to get into the stadium. The answer is not to add another, even less convenient layer of security theater. Yeah. Yep. Well, now they also have that like facial recognition software to get in the ballpark too, which I find creepy. Oh no. It was pretty oh. creepy when I was watching, when I was uh, testing it out at city fields. Yeah. Oh. Session. It was, uh, how was does weird. it work? just fake i mean it's just facial recognition so you just walk in and it's like walk up to it it's like and it it even said like hi so i mean it wasn't really my account um they were just demonstrating it because i didn't but it was like hi so and so and i'm like ooh, yikes oh wait double machine (laughs) (laughs) that's just i'm I'm on my social security number too (laughs) I'm, i'm just i'm just assuming like all that that image is stored somewhere and someone could use it in the future oh my god no see i get paranoid about this stuff too see where it comes up in my mind is that part of me is like they're gonna think wow she looks terrible today (laughs) she doesn't look like her picture (laughs) at all what's wrong (laughs) like ooh, rough one i feel you go enjoy the game (laughs) like i got a haircut they're gonna be like oh that was oh god (laughs) my my makeup is smudged oh god what happened to her like oh is that on purpose (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> trying to trying to trick the the system here it's not about identity theft it's about my fragile <laughs> ego <laughs> my imaginary <laughs> robot gnomes that would be coming up with these ideas oh my gosh you know, i don't want i mean i get judged enough by people as it is i don't want to be judged by robots too <laughs> really gosh it's just another layer it's just to me that's just all around weird Get, get more secure, get more security guards. I will say that the appeal the to it that I could see was that you only have to like scan one person and all the tickets go through. Oh, but that's, that's also a little unnerving though. As cause... he was explaining that to me though, I realized you could just do the same with a ticket. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. You could have all the tickets in that party attached to the one to the one scan, and it could go through just the same way, scanning my phone instead of my face. Yep. Yeah. So, so I think that, yeah. They just they just want everybody's faces. That's all. They, but why do they want my face? Well, I mean, I also think in a sense that would be easy in case, like, say a fight broke out or heaven forbid something happened, they would easily be able to easily identify someone from that. Yeah. Yeah. But that's also, Again, like, that's also a security sketch. That's, that's not for. what it's supposed to be used for. No, but like that is honestly, anytime I hear facial recognition, touch ID, I automatically think, okay, what security purpose does this have? Yeah. The robots are winning. <laughs> I think oh it's just God. because they want to be able to market eyebrow pencil to me. Cause <laughs> hair dye for my grays. (laughs) You are definitely not as paranoid as I am, Maggie. And that is a good thing. (laughs) Oh gosh. And now we have to, I don't like that. This is the last thing we have to talk about a Trevor Bauer update. You guys know how I feel about Trevor Bauer and talking about him. His lawsuit is still active and in in his administrative leave keeps being extended during this time, but he is now threatening to return to Dodger stadium where he is almost certainly not welcome. He has yet to actually have done so, thankfully. But Bauer and his team are continuing to explore whether the agreement between the league and the players' union to extend his leave is binding. Now, here's my question. I thought this was all tied up because he was pursuing these lawsuits, these countersuits against the media, against the person who accused him. Um, but that I guess also that is, my understanding. That was mine too. That does not seem to be the case though, going like, by this. I think that, that it's, I don't know that it's a direct, I don't think it's a direct line. I think my understanding is that, um, I feel like we need to get Cheryl ring on back on the show. Yeah, right. Yeah. My understanding is that MLB will not close up their investigation until they have interviewed him, but he can't be interviewed while there are active legal proceedings going on. That was my understanding. And I realize any part of that could be wrong. But you might be right. And he just doesn't want to accept that because rules never apply to him. I mean, you could also say that he's just a big fucking loudmouth who yes. wants to say anything he wants ever and just wants people to be paying attention to him all the time no matter what um, I mean that's and that's what this LA Times column goes into um I won't lie I had no idea any of this was happening until until I read the notes for tonight I was like oh he is still around and causing trouble I didn't know this because I I mean I knew about like Freddie Freeman hitting the home run against the Braves and stuff I didn't realize that had been overshadowed by Bauer stuff so yay Twitter yeah (laughs) no Twitter I didn't know about that one yes um so I don't know if that maybe is just out in LA where they're seeing that, um, affect kind of the team, what the team is doing. Um, but again, no. Bauer, please go away. I know he lost the, the thing. Uh, he lost the no hitter. It's okay. The Mets are still ahead three, one, whatever <laughs> makes it easier to not feel like they have to let him throw 115 pitches in 40 degree weather. Yeah. 
this is one of those cases where I'm like, fine, just yeah. have an answer. It's okay. He's, yeah. he's, um, I mean, he's, he's crazy. It's okay. He's got nine strikeouts. He's, yeah. he's good. He's good. It's fine. We're going to be yeah. okay. We're going to be okay. Save, <laughs> save, it, save it for another time. Save it for the, the summer. The bullpen is in the game. We're not okay. I mean, well, they also need to score more runs. Well, yes, that yeah. too. Um, that is the other thing. But again, it's nice to see this, obviously, for Max Scherzer. Um, may he have many, many, many more starts like this. Yes. Yeah. They'll be in good shape if he does. Wait, we never even talked about the Tom Seaver ceremony. Oh, my gosh. No, let's talk we're about that right now. We're going to blame Allison for this one. No, we're going to blame Allison, but show notes. No, but no, but this how is, dare you, Allison? No. Yeah, Allison, get with it. No, but I'm going to say thank you, Allison, for this silver lining, so we don't have to go into walk-off wins on the Trevor Bauer note. So, okay, but we kind of did get to go out on the Max Scherzer note. Yes, yeah. but which is, which we'll is take a better that note. one notch up even better than Max Scherzer. Sorry, Max Scherzer. Yeah, he, <laughs> I mean, it's you can't really compete with Tom Seaver. Nobody can. Like Mike Piazza no. said, he like they all come behind Tom Seaver. So as as we all know, Tom, the Tom Seaver statue was finally, finally long overdue unveiled this past week at City And Field. it's so good. Mm-hmm. It is really a really he did good a fantastic statue. Job. Like I can't wait to see it like weathered a bit. Um, because obviously it's still brand new. Um, but it has him in his, his trademark pitching pose. It's, it's a very active statue. It's going to be like, like Gary said, it's going to be a main attraction at city field. People are going to be taking their photos with it. You see it coming right off of the, the seven line. And it is such a long overdue tribute to the Mets trademark player, the franchise. And did you guys see Nancy Seaver speak? Oh when my God. She said hello, Tom. Like that, that just like really broke sweet. my heart. Her like, whole okay, teary just thinking about it. And when she, I, yeah, she said hello, Tom. It's nice to see you again or something. It's just she was crying throughout, like trying, like holding back tears. She was crying yeah. and then she was making, she was kind of like also added in a little bit of fun by saying, oh my gosh, because the wind was blowing her hair around <laughs> like crazy. <laughs> um, but that was just a very, it was very touching for her because she was also a big part of the Mets um, as well when when Tom Seaver was active and just to see her to see his children to see everybody that came out for that ceremony was wonderful it was long overdue we all wish Tom Seaver had been able to be there in person but it it's there it sadly it is better late than never um but it's a wonderful statue I'm very excited to see it the next time I go to City Field. And mm-hmm. it's just nice that the Mets are just finally like honoring their history because the yes. like always bothered me. Like, am I got at a good point? Like the first thing you walk in and it's Dodgers. It's yes. the polo grounds. Like, not to take anything away from Jackie Robinson, but that's the first thing you walk you see when you walk in. And my he's, dad had a good point. He's not a Met. He's well, first of all, he's not a Met and you're not like if the Mets came from the Dodgers, why are there no Giants stuff there? Because exactly. they're a mix of the two. Yes. So if you're honoring the Dodgers, then have Willie Mays up there, too. You might as well at that point. That's where your orange comes from. The, the I'll, other- I'll give them a pass on like Jackie Robinson over Willie Mays for some obvious reasons. But like, I agree that there need that they I mean, this should have been part of the stadium from the beginning like yeah yeah like, what were they waiting for and and i mean ultimately i'm 
glad that it's done. And I'm glad that they didn't botch the statue because that was, that would have been like peak Mets if it was one of those hideous monstrosities. Although to be fair, Steve Cohen is also the kind of person where if the statue is hideous, he would like throw a quarter billion dollars to make it go away. Fix it tomorrow (laughs) and this nine digits will be yours. (laughs) But speaking of Steve Cohen, the other thing I really enjoyed about that ceremony was Steve Cohen's clear love of the Mets. Yeah. Yeah. Not of the Dodgers, not of any other team, not of just using baseball as a business. He is a true fan of the team and I have my issues with him. I do, but no one can deny that he loves the New York Mets. And he actually saw Seaver pitch. Too. Yes. I mean, I'm sure Fred Wilpon did, but <laughs> <laughs> All right, he was probably too busy rooting for the, the Dodgers at the time, but, um, <laughs> but you know, he's been a, he was a fan, like, and like Gary, well, Gary uh, Cohen was talking about, and he was like, you know, he remembered being a 10 year old kid watching Seaver and, you know, it kind of, you, you, it connects the generations. Cause I think he even said now, like people can talk about who this was and why he has a statue when you keep that history alive now. Yeah. yeah. And it's really, I mean, it's, it's a sh- real shame that they didn't, do it earlier, but mm-hmm, you know, yeah. better late than never. Also, just a general reminder to anybody who's still not vaccinated that um, Tom Seaver died of COVID. Yes, he did. Wait, what? Of, yeah, yeah. This was How not discussed not as much as perhaps it ought to have been. No. Um, oh my god. But yeah, I mean, COVID obviously, killed, COVID killed yeah. Tom Seaver. Yeah, go get vaccinated. Go get vaccinated. It's COVID <laughs> that finally killed him. Oh Jesus. Yeah. See, I didn't. I didn't. No, talk about talk about me being ignorant. I didn't know that. No, I mean, I don't think you're I, I think most don't know. No, I think that people assumed it was the dementia. But yeah. Yeah. Jeez. All right. Well, on. But anyway, on that, on that sorry, I killed her. Yes, I killed her. Killed her. Killed her. Killed her. Killed her. At least and Jake were there and they were. Yes, happy. yes, yes, nice. yes. They were happy. So who's the next one to get a statue? I mean, hmm. That's a tough like, who's question. Who's statue worthy? Like, there's retire like number worthy, and then there's like statue worthy. There's no one else really statue worthy to me at this no. point. Yeah, like no Dave, one. David no one Wright might. I mean, David Wright might be your best case, but even I'm hesitant about that one. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's not. He doesn't have the statue, the stature of a of a Seaver. I don't think. If Degrom lasts, yes, for a longer long time then definitely him. Yeah. To me. I would um, say if DeGrom puts in another like five plus years with, yes. you know, of this with the Mets, with the Mets, then that for seems, sure. Yeah. Like a good, like a good choice. But no, I mean, I think that's a, the, like that distinction between a statue tier and a retired number tier, I think is a really important one. Yeah. And while I do think it's a good thing that the Mets have, have loosened their standards a bit on the number retirement. Yes. I don't think that there's really anyone who stands out as, uh, as a catcher candidate. No. Because no, the mean, Pirates yeah, yeah. have four, yeah. I think, outside their stadium. Um, say, say that again? I think the Pirates have four. When I went to PNC, the Pirates had four. Hmm. And it was Clemente was one. Uh, Clemente is obviously the big one because he's right yeah. next to the Clemente Bridge. 
um, was it? I'm trying Let's to think what the other that. ones were, but they were all like worthy that like the Mets could never compare with. It is a Wagner, Onus Wagner, Onus, Onus Wagner, Roberto Clemente, Willie Star Star. Gel, Stargel. I'm sorry Stargel. if I'm gonna Stargel and Matt Bill. Zorowski. Thank you. I'm yes. glad you picked up on the pronunciation <laughs> of all of those for me. And Bill Mazarowski. Yeah, so those were all like those are obvious ones, but I don't think the Mets have any that like can like compete with that. No. Well, just because they're also a younger franchise, too. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. And have been terrible. Yeah. <laughs> for a lot <laughs> of have been terrible too. <laughs> But again, they have they have a longer recently. history. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I'm going to put it out to the listeners. What do you guys think? Do you guys think there is a Met, um, former Met, or potentially current Met on track to receive a statue? At Tweeted at Kellyanne. Into the void. Tweet it. No, come visit me in the Amazing Avenue comments and talk to me. <laughs> Although I did see one comment on Twitter saying they should put a fountain out front and call it the Piazza Piazza. <laughs> I do like that. Oh, I that would be good. No, I'm laughing because that's so good. That's it a would be perfect. That is perfect. Ugh. I think it should happen. Make it happen. Now, that is a good note to go into our walk-off <laughs> wins on. I like that. So, Linda, what is making you happy this week? What is your walk-off win? Um, my walk-off win, I think, is Easter, um, even though it was cold. Um, but the kids came over to my parents' house. My niece and nephew came over to my parents' house, and uh, we had an Easter egg hunt. And um, Danny was still feeling a little sick. but. But yeah, just, you know, and like it brought back memories of all the Easter egg hunts when I was a kid and, you know, um, you know, trying to find the golden egg. And now there's two golden eggs for one for each kid. Um, <laughs> me being the oldster, Emily couldn't get an egg. So I had to reach for it and immediately pinched a nerve in my neck. Oh, <laughs> it's just how it goes now. <laughs> I was like, oh, I injured myself doing an Easter egg hunt with the kids. <laughs> hey, at least it's not just generally like walking around and breaking a toe, which I have done. I haven't Don't done that. I mean, I've stuck my toe to the point where it's hurt really bad. I have broken four toes. Oh, 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 oh. Just doing like random. All at once like or? No, I mean, oh, okay. all in separate bizarre situations. <laughs> okay. I just Including have to- a broken, one that was broken in a way that my physical therapist said he'd never seen before. Oh, jeez. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, and another geez. one, a separate one that made the podiatrist say, ooh, that's quite a break. Oh, no. <laughs> it's not funny. It's not funny. It's, oh, it's, it's got to be funny or else it's really Project. terrible. It's stuff you don't want to hear at the doctor's office. <laughs> ooh, that's quite a break. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Well, anyway, switch- sorry. Not my walk-off win. That's <laughs> yours. Yeah, well, yeah, I had fun with the kids. It was a good Easter, even though Yay. it was cold and I don't like like it was probably colder than it was on Christmas, but <laughs> some people got to with snow. So I know yeah, I people, people are getting walloped right now up in the yeah. North, like New England. Whoa. No, I just want the warm weather back. It's coming. It's coming. All right. I want well, some sunshine. I want to be all sweaty. Yeah. 
I, yeah. I prefer the cold. I want to put my layers on. You can hang out <laughs> with my son. I look like 70 degrees in a t-shirt today while everyone is being like blown off the playground. <laughs> <laughs> like no humidity, like 75 degrees with a nice breeze. That's like perfect. Go down to Florida, woman. No, because then you get the humidity. I don't do well no, in humidity. Well, appa- no, apparently no, no. San Diego is where we should all be living. Okay. That is true. Except well, that then you have to live in San Diego. Yeah. So the- but I can like I just, the seasons. Can I, I just seasons? I do too. But can I just say about San Diego? I went there many years ago now at this point, but it, it happened to be that they were experiencing like 30, 40 degree weather. <laughs> It was really, they were 30, 40 degrees and New Jersey was in the sixties. And we're just like, of course that's when it happens. <laughs> but hilariously, everybody was just like, it's so cold. It's freezing. What do we do? What do we do? And it's just like, put on a coat <laughs> part of, part of it. Like some days it was like in the, in the low fifties, which to me, I love like the, like between 50 and 65 is my sweet spot. Um, so I'm, I'm looking at everybody's just like, this is not cold guys really <laughs> and then i remembered where i was so but Sa- san diego does have beautiful weather if you go to certain parts of florida the humidity i am told this is <laughs> from my uncle who lives in pompano beach that it is not humid oh well, i don't know well that sounds coming from somebody who lives in florida i don't buy it that's, i don't buy it either suspect. it's like okay. how you don't know how you yourself smell I don't think that any Floridian actually knows what humidity humidity is. I won't lie. He is a recent transplant to Florida. So he's only been there for about two and a half years. So So he's insane is what you're saying. Yeah, that's what I'm hearing. Well, I mean, like my dad was saying, he was like, well, they tell you if it's too hot, then you stay indoors. He goes, I can do that here. Why am I going to go to Florida for that? very true very like, true that's the point <laughs> like i have air conditioning here i have heat here why am i gonna move to florida for that <laughs> oh my gosh all right maggie what is your walk-off win what is making you happy tonight well so i'm glad that earlier in the show we as we discussed like the game earlier today and the general strengths of the team that we were in a way remiss to mention my walk-off win, which is Francisco Lindor being awesome, being on fire, um, and just having a totally different feel to the start of this season than last season. And, you know, you could say like, was it the pressure of joining a new team? Was it? I think um, he did say that. I don't know if you saw that article. He said he was trying to do too much. Yeah. I mean, and uh, having a deeper lineup around him, having a more experienced man. I mean, whatever it is, he looks so comfortable and he has been so much fun to watch Mm -hmm. and he's taking these good at bats and it's just, man, it's really nice to think about getting to watch him do this for a long time. Like it feels really good. Um, and I'm, and he, himself seems like a mensch and I'm just really glad that like he gets that that feeling that release that like confidence that comes from doing as well as he's doing right now and I I hope that that's something that can carry him through the inevitable rough spots that will come up for anybody they're not always gonna fall in and um yeah go Francisco Lindor I'm probably buying his jersey because the good Lord on high doesn't seem to want me to have a black Scherzer jersey. So I guess Lindor is the next man up. 
Well, and also I want uh, everybody who booed him last year. Like I'm hardcore judging you. I was hardcore judging you then. I was going to say we had someone in the comments in the game thread today, um, kind of swearing him out after the almost error and for him to come back and walk it off. Everybody just got on him. Mm, (laughs) Are you sure you want to say that? Um, I need a blue jersey. I wonder if I should make it a Lindor one. Cause he is just so, and like everybody, like, you know, they get on him, but he's just so fun. Like he wears his heart on his sleeve out there. And that like, that's just fun to watch. And I'm, I mean that when he was hit in the face and everybody had come out, he, I think in the post game was just saying how, um, how happy he was to be a Met and how everybody kind of just came out to defend him and how much that meant to him. And he loves being a Met. I mean, I mean, last year you're starting a long-term contract. You're kind of, you're, you're getting into the groove of things. You're coming off a, a, um, 2020, that was a shortened season. So again, I think 2021 was just an anomaly for a whole host of reasons for every player Mm -hmm. across the league. So, um, to see Lindor hit the ground running this season is just, it's, it has been a joy. And he's an exciting player to watch. Like when he's on, he was one of the best players he's in the on. league. He was one yeah. of the best shortstops in the mm-hmm. league for sure. That's my that's my one little like bugaboo with him right now is his defense is a little hmm. Not he's been suspect. a little. I he's feel like shaky. He, he's having some some throwing issues. Yeah, like not quite yips level, but it's really consistently a problem with that. Yes. Whereas his his range is awesome. Mm-hmm. His, his reaction time is really good. And I think that's the kind of thing that you can't really like fix. Like if you lose a step, you lose a step, but mm-hmm. if he's just kind of rushing throws, then that he can kind of get the, get the hang of, but yes, he still moves really well. Yeah. Maybe it's just, I don't know. Cause it's been so cold. Maybe he's having a hard time getting a grip on the ball. Maybe. Well, maybe, I, maybe, I, it, maybe it's just early season mm-hmm. needs that few extra weeks that he didn't get in spring training. And I mean, I think that'll work itself out. I'm, I'm not, I, it's again, to me, it's just a bugaboo. It's not like a big, big concern just yet. Yep. Um, I'm going to watch. Yeah. Something to watch, but I'm not overly concerned about it yet personally. Um, and my walk-off win, I can't even think of a walk-off win. <laughs> Um, probably just having my library programs in person, um, has been really such a joy, um, just to have all the kids back to have them just be silly by, and getting their attention through bubbles, having a good bubble machine that Mm -hmm. if you, if you ever want to get a group of kids under control in like five seconds or less, get a bubble machine. Oh yeah. That will do it (laughs) in a heartbeat. Um, so just, just working at my library, just planning, starting to plan things out for summer, just doing all these programs with the kids in person. It's really been, it's been a joy for me and I've really had a lot of fun with it. So that is my walk-off. Now is your summer reading theme oceans of possibilities? Yes. Yes. That is the national theme. Well, that's the CSLP theme, um, which CSLP is collaborative summer library programs. I think that's the acronym. (laughs) 
um, for all of you not in the know. Um, so, and our, our theme is an ocean of possibilities. So I'm very much looking forward to that. I'm like my programs right now, I'm planning sort of not the necessarily ocean theme stuff. I'm kind of like seeing if I can do internationally themed programs, like crossing, like traveling across the ocean, if that oh, makes sense. So interesting. I take, I try and like, do not like the immediate interpretation of the theme in my programs. And it's, it's especially, it's going to be especially blatant because I'm taking one of my classes this semester is international youth literature. And it's been by far my favorite class, not just this semester, but in my program so far. So I'm taking a lot of inspiration from there. No, I just planned straight ocean programs, <laughs> which I mean, well, no, there's the so kids much. love sharks, man. They, they do. And they love ocean animals. And I mean, that's not to say I'm not going to do ocean programs, but I also, I also like there, think there's some fun stuff to be planned in there just because I also have, um, a lot of, um, a heavy population of people from India in mind. So, uh, in my library, so doing things for them and bringing their culture and languages into it has been very well received. Oh, good. Um, I love that. yes. And they help me with a lot of things too. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know this. Tell me. <laughs> Tell me what the right thing to do is. I'm hoping to get um, the Maritime Center to bring them a hermit crab, and then oh. they're going to read a house for hermit crab. Oh my god, that's going to be so nice. Yeah, the Eric Carl book, a house for hermit crab, and then they'll teach about like the shells and how they need another like house and all that fun stuff. Oh, that's going to be so nice. I wish Jenkinson's um, in Point Pleasant, New Jersey, was closer to you because we are planning on getting them uh, to bring their penguins. Oh, penguins. Penguins. Yes, penguins. Oh, I'm a little um, jealous. They're traveling. Oh hey, God. you got it. You got the way it. they walk. You have I you know. guys have to you guys have to come visit. For Can the you show. snuggle the penguins? I or feed oh, the penguins. I think you could feed them. I'm not sure about snuggling at this point. No. <laughs> so I'm 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 just really excited for this summer. Um, our library programs this summer. All right. I am, I am done. I am done with my walk up when about libraries. So that well, visit your local libraries, people, this obviously visit, and visit your non-local libraries because one of my favorite things to do when traveling, especially with kids mm-hmm. is uh, pop into the local library. Cause it's usually like just a really chill and inexpensive way to fill up an afternoon with mm-hmm. kids and who they might are probably cra- exhausted and yeah. You might, and you might have crafts. They can, they might have crafts. You can take story times. You can walk in and you mm-hmm. never know. I have Parks never is- regretted showing up at a local library when traveling with my kids. Never once in a million years. <laughs> it's wonderful. And also just another little library shout out the New York public libraries and the Brooklyn public library are offering e-cards to teenagers um, right now for free across the nation due to the ongoing book banning challenges. Um, that's another story for another podcast, but yes, definitely. If you are a teenager or have a teenager and you're listening to this podcast, go check out nypl.org. Google search Brooklyn public library. Cause I can't remember their website offhand. Um, but yes, libraries are wonderful and we are a very pro library podcast. So that does it for the show this week. Please go to amazingavenue.com to check out all of our fantastic comment comment content. Oh my goodness. We have game recaps, daily morning news posts, weekly player meters, and so much more for everybody. You can also follow AA on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Amazing Avenue. You can follow this show on Twitter at a pot of their own. 
You can follow each of us on Twitter, well, most of us on Twitter. <laughs> um, where are and you? And Kellyanne's burner. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and my burner, which I don't actually have. So where are you? Get Maggie? Kellyanne a bottle of wine so we can find out what her burner <laughs> count is. Challenge. <laughs> Well, as you guys like go into the mystery of my non-existent burner account, where are you, Maggie? At Maggie162. And where are you, Linda? At Linda Servage. And you can find me not on my burner Twitter account. You can find me moderating moderating the amazing Avenue comments every day. Um, so please subscribe to the podcast, Amazing Avenue Audio, wherever you get your podcasts. Please rate and review the show. It really helps people find it. The original intro and outro music to this podcast is by Bunga. Let's go Mets and do not forget, there is no crying in podcasting.